you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, April 6th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. She's a regular on the pod, but she's an irregular talent in the very best way. Washington <laughs> Heights to Miami to Cali made her way from Barry University to Florida Local News. Did a turn for Telemundo. Did a turn as a Miami Dolphins cheerleader. She's covered the Chargers, the Niners, and the Raiders. She's got us covered today. She's MJ Acosta-Ruiz. Welcome back to the pod, MJ. You know, you find a way to make these intros more and more unique every week. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, Tyreek Hill talking trash, then talking retirement. When will he show the deuces for the final time? Dun, dun, dun. Coop, how about some intrigue music? Thank you. Cam Newton went from insisting he should be a starter to posting a list of 12 teams he'll happily join in a backup role. Who are those teams? And what is Superman up to this time? Plus, team needs and win totals in the AFC South. But first, this. Trevor looking. Fires deep downfield. Got him in wide open. Caught Ridley. Touchdown, Jaguars. 39 yards and threw a bullet to Ridley. Well, there's a call Jags fans hope to hear a lot of this season. It's a new Jag alert. And my apologies, listener, because I ran out of time yesterday, failed to deliver on a promise I made to you that we would address the first throwing session between the second best hair in the biz, Trevor Lawrence, MJ, of course, is still number one, and the third best hair in the biz, I don't know if you saw, the recently reinstated Calvin Ridley. (laughs) Let's remind you a couple things about Calvin Ridley. He had 90 catches, 1,370. 74 yards and nine touchdowns in his last season in the NFL. That was 2020 with the Falcons. When asked about Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence said, quote, I'm super excited. We're just excited to have him. He's going to be another piece for this offense and our team. He's a good guy. We're excited to bring him into the locker room, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Your first thought, MJ Acosta-Ruiz, at this new partnership of Calvin Ridley, who I believe is a surefire number one, Mm -hmm. and Trevor Lawrence, who is quickly putting himself in the top 10 or higher of quarterbacks in the NFL. I like this for them. What do you think? I love it for Trevor in particular, not just obviously for Duval and for all the Jags fans too. I think we've seen this evolution around Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, right? So first year, let's just scrap that, call it a scratch. Second year, he gets his coach, clearly. That is working well for him. Now he has a true wide receiver one, an unbelievable weapon to go with his arm. It's like we're seeing him blossom before our eyes, and I really love this for him. Like I think this is going to be the perfect partnership that he needed to really take the offense to another level. I don't know if you remember. I'm certain you do. When we watched him throw those four picks in Mm -hmm. the first half of that playoff game against the Chargers, and of course he also had a fumble, so he accounted for five turnovers in that first half. And of course they kept going to him on the sidelines. And every time we saw him standing there next to Doug Peterson, there was a look of 
amusement mm. on his face. But not amusement in the, I'm quitting in on this moment. No. But amusement in, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that happened yeah. again. I can't believe that happened again. And I never saw quit. I saw something like steely-eyed determination. And I saw what people always talk about quarterbacks needing, a very short memory. Yeah. He was ready to go back out there again. It kept happening. He was ready to go back out there again. It kept happening. And then we saw what happened when yeah. somebody who believes in himself in that second half can do. Okay, here's a question for you. There was no question there, just a ramble. The 24th <laughs> pick, with the 24th pick in the yeah. 2023 NFL draft, yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars select who or maybe what? What would you like to see them address? They need to address the secondary. They need ball hawks out there. I mean, their defense had was fifth worst in the NFL when it came to passing yards yes. last season. Uh, allowed 238.5 was their average every year. They allowed 25 passing touchdowns, 11th worst or 11th most rather in the NFL. You have to you have to be able to combat that. If they are building up around Trevor Lawrence, which clearly they are. They've got a great running back. Now they've got Calvin Ridley there. The defense also has to step up and be shut down. No fly zone, as we've heard uh, across the league. So I think I I did agree with Daniel Jeremiah with Deontay Banks. I like that. I really like that type of of placement there. Cynthia Freeland also has Deontay Banks. So I'm, I'm leaning on my draft experts here, too. If they like it, I love it. I love the look of this wide receiver room with Calvin Ridley, Mm -hmm. Zay Jones, Mm -hmm. right, who was doubted before. What was he was in Buffalo? He spent a little time with the Raiders. Now he's with the Jags. Christian Kirk. Mm -hmm. I really like this. And then you go down Tim Jones and Pryor and Agnew. We'll see what those guys turn into. But as for your top three guys, exactly. Yep. Wow. And Evan Ingram returns. Trevor Lawrence was thrilled and relieved about that. And you mentioned their running back. Look, Etienne is the real deal. Yeah. He is the real deal. And mm-hmm. Jamichael Hasty is a very uh, sort of qualified second second man up in that running backs room. A lot that this team can do. Let's talk yeah. about the future for this team. The odds makers have set the number for mm-hmm. a Jags win total at nine and a half. We don't pay a whole hell of a lot of attention yeah. to that, but it's a guide for us. Sure. What's your take on that? Maybe the better question is, after a thrilling run to the postseason mm-hmm. and that thrilling victory in the postseason, what do the Jags do for an encore in your estimation? Yeah, I mean, I can see how the momentum could keep going. That's fine, but I'm, I'm more of a realist. It really took the Jaguars quite a bit of time to get rolling there. They went on that five-game um, win streak towards the end of the season but that was towards the end of the season that started in week 14 hey you want to get hot at the most pivotal time make a playoff push we can't take that away from them but what about the string of i don't know five six losses at the beginning of the year you can't always count on being the comeback kids in this league and because the pieces are still coming together here i don't want to get ahead of myself sort of how we did with a couple of teams in the afc west if you recall um i i would conservatively put them at Eight and a half wins. If I'm going by what Caesar Sportsbook is. Gotcha. Okay, so eight and a half wins. So you are predicting under. That nine and a half, what you see them, an eight and nine, nine and eight team. Yeah, I would say around that range. Anything more than that, beautiful. Right. Great. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tread the waters just a little lightly here. Another quick reminder about Calvin Ridley, uh, his resume and his credentials. Mm -hmm. In 49 NFL regular season games, Ridley has 248 receptions for 3,342 yards and 28 touchdowns. Only four other receivers in NFL history can match those numbers through their first 49 games. 
games. Odell Beckham Jr., Marquise Colston, Mike mm. Evans, and A.J. Green. That's some pretty good company. Yeah. But, MJ, we hear what you're saying, and I think I can translate that to say, look, that AFC South, once again, will be hard mm. to predict. Yep. I guess a quick follow-up is we saw what an 8-9 and nine record did in the NFC South last year. It was a division-winning right. record right. for the Bucks, of course. If the Jags were to go 8-9, and nine, you wouldn't rule them out as still no. being potential division champions in the AFC Correct. South. I mean, that division, it, that's, where they're, that's where the luck comes in for them, that their division is still going to be one that will be sort of up for grabs if we're going off of the template that we saw last year. And I do still think there are so many questions on every team in that division that that does position them like they don't have to win 12 games to be, you know, the, the, the top choice in that to be the division winner. Listen up, Jags fans and Jags players, if you're listening, and I know you are. <laughs> uh, MJ Custer-Ruiz likes your team, likes mm-hmm. Trevor, likes Calvin Ridley, oh, really yeah. likes Calvin Ridley for Trevor Lawrence, but she has a little bit of doubts that you will necessarily build on what you did last year. It's time to prove her wrong. Yeah. We'll have more on the other three teams in the AFC South in a moment, teams who collectively are the keepers of four draft picks in the top 12 in that first round of the 2023 NFL Draft presented by Verizon. Coverage starts 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network on Thursday, April 27th, and NFL Plus, of course. That's all coming up. But first, the sound of a cheetah in the wild caught on tape. Please listen in. Chiefs Kingdom, when the Miami Dolphins come to Arrowhead Stadium this year, guess what we gonna do? Guess what we gonna do? I hate to say it, man. I hate to throw up the peace sign against y'all. I hate to do it. But guess what? I'm gonna be y'all worst enemy that day. I'm gonna be y'all worst enemy that day. We'll we'll, we'll edit that out. We'll just just get rid of that. We won't even let anyone hear that. You better change the signals. I know every signal y'all got. That, of course, was Tyreek Hill telling Sports Radio 810 WHB exactly what he expects that he will do when your MJ Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins go to Arrowhead Stadium this year. I cannot wait for this one. This is what so can't wait for the, the schedule release to come out. We'll know exactly when that game will be played, but we know where it will be in KC. Your Dolphins on the road. Very interesting matchup. Chiefs defensive end Chris Jones shot back. <laughs> Only deuces you're going to throw up are in the parking lot after you you lose. Actually, he actually said the only sign he will be throwing up is walking to the bus after the game. I just rewrote that, Chris, for you. I kind of like your version. like my version better. Uh, Now, don't forget, Chris Jones, not a fan of anyone disrespecting the kingdom. Don't forget his rant to our James Palmer after last year's win over the Bengals, who made the mistake of calling Arrowhead Burrowhead. Mm -mm. Chris Jones, the rant is yours. Hey, let me tell y'all something, man. Don't ever, ever, ever and I'm looking at the camera when I say this. Disrespect Arrowhead. I don't care how many times you done beat us. Don't ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium. Okay, MJ, I kind of love that passions are boiling over oh, yeah. on April 6th. Mm-hmm. LT uh, LaDainian Tomlinson said to us earlier, he said, I think Tyreek is bored. What's your take on all this? I agree, because you know what? He knew we needed this. <laughs> he knew we needed this. And I think what, what it does is we, we sometimes get lost or caught up in sort of the limbo of these off-season storylines. Is this contract going to get done? Oh my God, this person tweeted. Are they going to get tricked? All of that stuff does get monotonous. So to have a spark like this that reminds us what's ahead in the season when we're still in April, I love this. 
I love it. Even as a Dolphins fan, even though part of my brain is like, okay, dude, calm down. Just <laughs> reel it in. That's it didn't work not, for the Bengals. No, Don't do this to us. But that's not who Tyreek is, right. right? Like, it's not in his DNA to to play it cool. He's going to talk trash, and he's going to mean every word that he's saying about it, especially against his, old, his, his former team. So I think just reminding us that in a few months, we will be right back into the football conversation. As you know, Drew, the second the draft is over, we have that little lull, but yeah. then end of July, which is basically tomorrow yeah. boom we're right back in it so this the just reminded me like oh my gosh we really are just a heartbeat away from really getting into the nitty gritty of the 2023 season I think you're absolutely right and I love that you have reminded us that I think we're probably feeling a little bit of fatigue about the mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson contract story that's about one man's relationship right. with his organization and with his own future not sure. to dismiss it at all the Aaron Rodgers trade mm-hmm. is it going to happen is it going to happen is it going to happen what's it going to take yeah. none of it was about sort of football matchups this is a real life football yes, matchup yes. and it provides us some real you know one hell of an advertisement I suppose for a game that we cannot wait to see. LT went on to say that Tyreek in some ways wants to look good for his ex-girlfriend. That was his, <laughs> mo- right? Yeah. That was his motif that you look, even when you run into your ex-girlfriend, no matter what you think of her, you want to look good for her. This is Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson mm-hmm. at him, not me. But James Palmer reminded us that for all of the bravado that we heard from Tyreek Hill, that it may be steeped in truth. Because if you look at that Kansas City Chiefs defense, yes, they have a Super Bowl ring to show for their efforts and they played their best when it mattered most, but they gave up more passing touchdowns Mm. than anyone in football by far. Sorry, by four. 33, (laughs) uh, four more than the Bucks, the Cards, the Steelers, and the Titans. So this is a gettable secondary. Mm -hmm. Tyreek knows that, he sees that, and he can't wait to feast on it. What would your early, way too early prediction for this game be? Yeah, I mean, I think he, just like um, JP told us, like, he's going to go off that game. And he knows not just the weaknesses of the defense, but he knows how the offense is played out. He knows the deficiencies of Patrick Mahomes, however few they may be. And he really knows this team, this stadium, inside and out. So he's going to use every single part of that. How the game ends, well, we'll wait until our predictions. Will I probably be picking them? The Dolphins, that is, absolutely, because you guys know me. Um, But it is, I think, a realistic matchup. Like, wait a minute. The Finns could really get a win here, and Tyreek will likely play a major role in that. Okay, next topic. Same player, Tyreek Hill. Once he talked trash, he then talked retirement. Have a listen to what he said about that. How many more years do you think you can play, or do you want to play? I'm going for 10, man. I'm going to finish out this contract with the Dolphins, man, and then I'm going to call it quits. You know, I want to go into the business side, you know. um, You want to be in the coaching too, right? Yeah, but not for long, though, like. I want like I want to do so many things in my life, bro. So I I, I really want to get into like the gaming space. Like I'm, I really want to get huge in, in that, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm using my platform, um, creating the gaming team, um, which isn't launched yet. It should launch by the end of this month. And yeah, I'm just gonna sign. Is it Soul Runner? Yeah, Soul Runner Gaming. I'm going to just sign like different content creators, different athletes. Okay, MJ, you heard him. He's going to retire after Mm -hmm. 10 years, not 10 years from now, 10 years period after his, this current contract runs out 2025, I believe that would make it. You're a Dolphins fan. You have a vested interest in his future. What's your take on this? Where does your mind go when you hear that your transcendent next level, fastest man on the planet, wide receiver may call it quits in four short years? I feel like this may be one, whoa, where is this coming from? Three what, short years, in, in excuse breath, my math. Breath, three short years. In one breath, you're saying, I'm going to go light up my former team, and we're going to have a great season, and all of this stuff, and then suddenly, oh, but you know what? I think right after that, I'm good. 
I'm good now. The ultimate deuces. Stop playing with my emotions. What are we doing here? Um, I do feel, however, maybe this is a, I'm at my peak. So why wouldn't this be the time where I'm thinking two or three steps ahead? As we know, the game is changing to be more and more physical every single year. These guys are putting way more tread on their tires than they ever have before. Um, and this might be something where as, as, as big of a personality as he is, he's still an elite athlete. So maybe he is thinking about his well-being, about his future, about what's next for him after the field. I think this next group of athletes really do think about that more and more. We see guys retiring early, what we consider early, right? Look at Andrew Luck, for example, who we thought, oh no, and then suddenly that came out of nowhere. So it's not, if you really think about it, not that far-fetched of of a concept here. I think it's interesting to call it now. It's a little early. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is his body, his livelihood, and his well being. Maybe he has aspirations to join us right here um, talking trash, doing opinion shows. Who knows? Um, I but wouldn't turn him away. I, I'm not necessarily like mad that he's thinking about what the next step is and what his career longevity. He doesn't want to be one of those guys banged up, still on the bench, not really getting touches, not going out there. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, absolutely. And it's important to point out one thing he was asked about when he would right. step away. He didn't offer it up unilaterally. Right. He didn't right. say, hey, let's talk retirement. He was asked, when do you think you'll call it quits? And he answered the question. That was in his brain at the time. Pose, the right? second thing to keep in mind is that he said that he has interest in going into the gaming culture, oh, this, yeah. this burgeoning gaming culture mm-hmm. in our world. He has an interest in that. And I like the fact that all the modern players, as you suggested, yep. they're not just ballers, they're brands. And his brand is multifaceted. Yep. It's got a lot of tentacles. Yes, it includes what he does on the field, but in his mind, it certainly includes what happens off of it. Let's talk about post-career if we can. He jumped us ahead on the timetable. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's meet him where he's at. He's retired. Yep. Five years later, he's eligible to get into the Hall of Fame. Right. Is he a Hall of Famer? Before you answer, let me remind you what you already know, that Ben McWilliams, our professional researcher and amateur provocateur, reminded <laughs> us earlier today that of the 29 wide receivers in the Hall of Fame whose career began after 1940, only four played 10 seasons or fewer in the NFL. If Tyreek Hill does what Tyreek says, he will now be the fifth to join that list. Calvin Johnson, Lynn Swan, Pete Pihos, or Pihos rather, and Tom Fears. Now, let's talk about Calvin Johnson because Ben McWilliams went on to say that if you look at their resumes, Hill's resume is actually better right now than Megatron's was in some metrics. Johnson played nine years. Hill has played seven. They're receiving yards. Johnson obviously has more, and he's got more touchdowns too. But Tyreek Hill has one more Pro Bowl, seven to Calvin Johnson's six, and four more first-team All-Pros, four to Calvin Johnson's three. Those metrics come into play with Hall of Fame voters. My question to you with all of that as context and subtext, is Tyreek Hill already a Hall of Famer, MJ Acosta-Ruiz? I don't think you can discount him from the conversation. I think he'll certainly be in contention because of all of those stats. But as we know, every year it gets harder and harder for the voters to make a selection. I mean, this is why it's so difficult. It's the best of the best of the best in the league. So it goes beyond just the numbers. It goes beyond just the accolades that we see, how many Pro Bowls, how many first teams, how many MVPs. It's really tough. There are some guys who are no-brainers, and those are the guys who have multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowls, all of this stuff. And it's only getting more difficult. Each year, we see the list of guys who make it in. We see the list of finalists, and we're like, who, how? 
How can How you say no to some of these? And then they have to figure out a way to right. do so. So right. I think he'll be in the conversation for sure. What will make him a, oh, no question, will be what happens now in the next three years of his career before he, quote unquote, retires. Do you have any reason to believe that what we've seen from him in his first seven years won't continue for the next three years of his contract with your Miami Dolphins? I, th- I think he will continue to absolutely blow the numbers out of the water. I think especially how they have set things up in Miami. There's no reason outside of an injury, knock on wood, um, that he shouldn't be just as good, if not better, year after year. So let's extrapolate. He's done what he's done for the past seven mm-hmm. for the next three. Isn't that a open and shut case for a Hall of Fame membership? You would think, but remember, the votes aren't just that. Maybe somebody doesn't like the trash talking. Maybe somebody wants a little bit more poise from their Hall of Famer. Who knows what happens behind that voting booth? Very but there is also politics that go into it. Yeah, there absolutely are. Translation, I'm not sure it's a clean translation, but let me attempt. The cheetah lives in a variety of habitats. Mm-hmm. The savannas in the yep. Serengeti, the mountain ranges mm-hmm. of the Sahara, the hilly desert terrain of Iran, and potentially the temperature-controlled environment of a museum in Canton, Ohio. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with MJ Costa Ruiz, and the next topic is humility in an unexpected form. The form of a six foot five inch, two hundred and fifty pound, self proclaimed superhero and former MVP, Cam Newton, who said recently that he's better than some of the thirty two NFL starters. He chose a very different way of describing those starters that might jeopardize my relationship with regular paychecks if I were to quote him. But in the course of one week, Cam Newton has softened his stance and his language and his assertion posting a list of 12 quarterbacks that he would agree to back up. MJ, you have that list in your hands. The mic is yours. The list is is pretty interesting. He starts with Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Tua Tungavailoa, Malik Willis, and this is where things start Hmm. to take a little turn. CJ Stroud hasn't even gone to draft day yet. Bryce Young, same situation. Anthony Richardson, hmm, still a prospect. Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and who could forget Sam Howell? (laughs) Well, you know that I can't forget Sam Howell, but with those names now echoing in your head, where does your mind go on this? I think it's a very specific and curated list by Cam. The, The... can you translate for us? I, I wish I could. I mean, if we, it's like one of those um, decoder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Things. You don't have the decoder ring. My gosh, I don't know what each one translates to. Um, I think for Cam, it's so funny because in one breath he's like, oh, "I'm better than 32 guys yes. in, in this team," and then a week or two later he's saying, "You know what? I could be a, I could be a backup in this league, but only for the following people in these following Correct. conditions." Like, okay, dude, you're either in on a. 
I just want to be part of the league. I want to show that I can still play, but right. I'm fine with with coming off the bench for you. You can't control every aspect of it. It's like, are you actually a team guy? What this would tell me is, nah, he's still really looking out for himself. I just reached across the microphone, listener, and grabbed the list from MJ's hands rather rudely and unceremoniously, but <laughs> I wanted to check something because what I see on this list, check me if I'm wrong there, mm-hmm. I don't see a single name on that list mm-hmm. who played all 17 games. Correct. So I think that in one way it's important for us to remember that Cam Newton kind of sniffing around the hen house here it makes perfect sense as a man, as a player in this right. league, as somebody who has the utmost belief in his own abilities. Because yeah. starting quarterbacks in the NFL, it is the it is the rude and brutal and unavoidable truth that playing a full season is very, very unlikely because of reasons of injury, uh, load management. Longer. Sometimes at the end of a season, you're sitting out if a playoff position is already locked up. For yeah. many reasons, backup quarterbacks in the NFL are vital. Ask Brock Purdy about the truth of that. Ask Gardner Minshew about the truth of that. Lost all of the games that he played in stewardship of Jalen Hurts when Jalen Hurts was nursing that injury and Jalen Hurts had to come back not 100% so that they could lock up that number one overall seed in the NFC. My question to you MJ now is this. Would you want him on your team as your backup? I don't know that he would fit the profile of what I would want as a backup quarterback. If I'm the GM, if I'm the head coach, knowing the personality that he brings, and I'm not saying his personality is bad, but he is a self-professed alpha yes. dude. Yes. He wants to be the guy, yes. as he should. We're Absolutely. talking about a guy who's a former MVP, Absolutely. a guy who went to the Super Bowl. Guy. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely he should feel that way. But you can't try and convince me now, suddenly, two weeks later, after you went to a pro day, that you're like, no, nah, I'm good, just chilling, just hanging back, just seeing how this plays out. Just put me in whenever you need, coach. That's, that's a stretch to me. And I don't think that Cam should change who he is. But if you really, really just want to come back and be part of the league, then you really should evaluate if that's a scenario that even he wants to be part of. Well, it's funny you should say that because James Palmer reminded us earlier today that once he lost the starting job in New England, he didn't want to stay in that room. So now that was before. It was a different scenario. And if Cam Newton says that he's different now, then fair enough. I will defer to the man's word because he knows his situation and his heart better than I do, obviously. But recent history tells us that your point may be a very good one, MJ, that he may simply not be wired that way to say, yeah, I will be a backup to Malik Willis. I'll be a backup to Sam Howell. I'll be a backup to a rookie like Anthony Richardson, who for all his upside certainly isn't Sunday ready, not based on any metric that I'm familiar with. So um, I'm not sure I believe that list, but I certainly believe that Cam Newton is a man of his word when he says that he wants to play and that he has every intention to play play time will tell if the man will play we interrupt this podcast to bring you afc south team needs for the texans the titans and the colts we talked about the jags earlier with mj acosta ruiz for the other three teams in that afc south the keeper collectively of four picks in the first 12 picks of april 27th round one of the 2023 nfl draft for that, we'll kick it over to the TA set. Palmer, I'm coming to you first, and you've got the Texans. They have the second and the 12th overall pick. Very good positions yeah. for them. They need a few things. Quarterback, wide receiver, a little edge. Which way would you go? 
Let's stick with the quarterback, MJ, right? And let's use the scenario that they go with whoever the Carolina Panthers don't pick number one out of these top two quarterbacks, whether it be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I've talked to a number of evaluators and personnel guys that say both of them could fit the system that Bobby Slowick's going to run, which is essentially the Kyle Shanahan system. Let's start with Bryce Young. A lot of evaluators have told me, look, throwing the football on the run is a strength of his. The play-action game in this system, he would thrive in. You look at D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick, both coming over from the 49ers, who was short in stature that was dominating at the end of the year for them, which was Brock Purdy. So it doesn't really affect them, the height with Bryce Young. And then with C.J. Stroud, plays the position a little bit differently. But when I talk to evaluators, they tell me because of the way he plays at a level that a lot of college guys don't, which is he goes through his progressions with his eyes, his arm, and his feet, allows him to play kind of that old school West Coast system. He plays the position. A lot of evaluators have told me, MJ, kind of in an old school manner. They think that fits the old version of the West Coast. So both guys have a lot of strengths that could fit. And maybe they land one of those two, whoever the Panthers end up passing. Yeah, Stroud, an absolute technician when he is out there. But that win total, I think, for this point, like we're trying to figure that it's out. It's a 5.5, uh, Palmer. Oh. More than that. Going up. Going up. <laughs> oh, going up. Look at the division. We're going yeah. over 5-5. Five, five. D'Amico Ryan's effect. That part. I feel like that's going to be our rationale for all of these teams. When we're right. Look at the division. Just, it's definitely yeah. going to be up here. Colts, by the way, obvious need LT at four with the quarterback. It doesn't look like they're going to get one of the top two perceived uh, best guys at that position. Where do you go if you're Indianapolis? Yeah, I think you take Quinn Richardson uh, off, the, off the board there. Anthony Richardson, excuse me. Uh, you take him off the board. You know, obviously he's a project, but you think about – Shane Steichen coming there, obviously from Philadelphia, who worked with Jalen Hurts and obviously helped Jalen Hurts develop into what he has become. This is the same situation with Anthony. He needs some work. We know that it's going to take a year or two. And so at the end of the day, you got to follow the tea leads as well because Jim Ursay recently said this offseason that they needed to draft a quarterback that they can de- develop. So to me, it's pointing right at a guy like Anthony Richardson. Yeah, nine quarterbacks since 2017. Anthony Richardson, a hell of an athlete. And just for clarification purposes, LT Quentin Richardson, also a heck of an athlete. No one hit the three ball like <laughs> yeah. him with that headband going on. Uh, six and a half wins. That's what Caesar Sportsbook says. You taking more wins than that? No, I, I will not. I think it's going to be a little tough for them next year. Um, obviously, he, the quarterback needs time to develop. They might have to go with Gardner Minshew. We'll see what happens. All right, let's head over to the Titans. Yammer, I'm coming to you oh. here. They have the 11th overall pick. This is the first selection for new GM, Rand Carthon. Saw what he did in terms of scouting and personnel in San Francisco. So they've got a few needs here. Which one should they address first? Uh, to me, it's abundantly clear. Wide receiver's got to be that mm. spot. And 11, they'll have their choice. I'll lean towards Jordan Addison. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, Smith and Jigma out of Ohio State. But this guy is an absolute monster when it comes to running routes. He dominated the receiver position in two Power Five conferences. Mm. A Blitnikoff winner when he was at Pitt. And obviously getting to play with the best quarterback in the country in Caleb Williams this last year. They're still trying to figure out how to make up for the loss of A.J. Brown. They right. thought Traylon Burks was going to be that guy last season. Didn't necessarily play out the way that they thought. He may still be developing as well. You bring another one in, yeah. got a tag team, that could be good. Yeah. Win total right now by Caesar Sportsbook, seven and a half wins. Oh, God, in the king, I trust. I'll go up on this one, <laughs> especially with another offensive weapon if they go with wide receiver. 
We interrupt this podcast yet again to remind you that yesterday, general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, Eric DaCosta, said this when asked about drafting a quarterback in the first round. Quote, it depends on the board. It really does. I'd have to say yes, because we have quarterbacks in our top 31. So just based on that alone, simple math, I would have to say yes End quote. I don't think I hit that point strongly enough yesterday. We talked about it at length with Omar Ruiz and Michael Robinson. 30 seconds, MJ, because I really want to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Michael Robinson heard that as a kind of Eric DaCosta taking a shot at Lamar. Right. Is that how you heard it? Do you think that shot landed? Do you think it will have any effect on Lamar's decision going forward? I think it sort of sets up more of the tit for tat here that's been going on, right? Uh, the, the curious thing about that question and that moment in the press conference was that Harbaugh looked immediately over at DaCosta. He's like, nope, you take this one. Because I've continued to say, and I still stand on Lamar is my guy. We love this man. I cannot wait to play with him next year. So it, it's, I get it. And M. Rob said this yesterday as well. The GM has to be, quote unquote, the bad cop, right? This is the business side, the more pragmatic side that's looking at budget, that's looking at other examples here where coach has to, if and when this gets resolved, go back to Lamar and say, I've had your back this whole time, which he has. And I don't think it's been disingenuous from coach at all. I don't either, but it does feel like the organization is talking out of both sides of its mouth. Uh Obviously, different people are doing the talking, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, yes, one person is saying, absolutely, we're ready to make this kid expendable and find Mm -hmm. his replacement, you know, in a couple weeks time. The other is saying, I love this guy. I love coaching him and I want him back. Very interesting. Your final thought on that. If you had to guess, I know I keep asking you the same question, yeah. but our minds change as this story evolves. Yeah. Does Lamar Jackson wear number eight in black and purple, or has he played his last snap for the Ravens? Where do you stand on this one today, April 6th? Something about it still to me feels like he'll still be involved. You do. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling yeah. here. Maybe because Coach has, has spoken over and over and been consistent with his message, I do feel like perhaps that part will still tug at Lamar and... I'm still holding out hope that out of nowhere he'll bring in somebody and be like, fine, just get the deal done for me. We'll see. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy with the host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast, and the co-host of the L Huddle podcast, MJ Acosta Ruiz. MJ, do me a favor. Can you hit that button right there, please? Thank you very much. That is the sign that we are back on the clock. Tick-tock, we're on the clock in our countdown to the 2023 NFL Draft. We're giving every single NFL team a day to be celebrated, and today that team hails from the fictional title town, but the very real, incorporated, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And it is as a team that the Green Bay Packers will be remembered. 
That's right, the Green Bay Packers. Colors, dark green, gold, and white. Stadium, come on. Lambeau Field, which in the right conditions is known as... The Frozen Tundra of Lambeau Field. MJ, this is a bucket list thing for me going to oh, a yeah. game there. I gather that you too would go, but maybe not with a cheese head on your head or with a parka <laughs> on your shoulders. No, I would only go maybe early week one or two of the season <laughs> when it's still. I'm not equipped for the frozen tundra. I know everybody says that's when you have to go. Don't you don't know my life. I want to go when it's beautiful and and comfortable. When I say Packers, MJ, where does your mind go? Oh man, it's hard. It's hard for me not to immediately equate the Packers with our boy, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Number twelve. Um, I, I, I'm really trying hard lately, in particular, to separate the football player from the headlines. Yes, because I think we get lost in the muck of everything that's going on, and sort of the dramatics and the shenanigans, and then the darkness retreats, and we forget what this man has brought to the game. I know that the folks um, in Wisconsin do not forget what he has brought to Lambo, what he has brought to their franchise, their franchise as owners, right? Like this is the only franchise that has that, um, and so. As I'm getting nostalgic now in the middle of the quote-unquote offseason, those are the things that I look back on. On his Super Bowl, on his multiple MVP awards, on on how fun it is to just watch the man go out there yes. and be great. Yes. Um, so that's where my mind goes immediately when I think of the Packers. It's, it's unfair to ask anyone who isn't a Packers fan to answer this question, but I'm going to ask anyway, do you have a favorite ever Packers player? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Um, I th- I, it's hard for me to say favorite. <laughs> yeah, favorite's right, the right. wrong word. Right. But, but but you think when you think of the team, you think of him. I do, I do. That's immediately I think where there's my, the mind answer. my mind goes. It's synonymous at this point, which I think is also yes. why the, all of the drama of the off season is just it's tough to swallow too because they're like, damn, I really thought that's where we were going to see him retire. So has the Jordan. Love era officially begun. I know the deal between the Packers mm-hmm. and the Jets isn't done yet, but right. I have every expectation that it will get done. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a matter of timing. Not It's a matter of when, not if. The Jordan Love era begins. Are you excited for this young man? I'm super excited for Jordan Love. I, I, I liked him as a prospect. I liked him as a player. I really liked that he was able to sit back and learn from Aaron Rodgers. And I think, I, I just hope that they really set him up for success because the potential there for Jordan Love is tremendous. Um, and I think it would be a completely new era for the pack as well. 10 draft picks to play with. Hmm. Draft needs for the Packers, according to NFL.com, safety, tight end, wide receiver. Hmm. For you, it would be the perfect draft for the Packers if they do what? I think a wide receiver is very, very important here. Um, I know they they just got one last year, and he's been tremendous, but you need more weapons, especially if you have a young uh quarterback who's getting into his own give him as much as possible why not why not make sure you address that last question mj acosta ruiz thank you for your time today i wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 green bay packers do what i wouldn't be surprised if they win the division really mm-hmm. yep so that's word to the wise there uh vikings it's yours <laughs> to lose 11 11 wins by one score or less don't expect that to happen again that's a word uh of warning to you too detroit lions you think you're on the come and that the packers are probably going to disintegrate in the absence of aaron Rodgers. mj costa ruiz says hold on now you'll notice bears fans i didn't even address you well now i have and now i'm done Okay, MJ Acosta-Ruiz, you are many things, but a Packers fan isn't one of them. So I'll ask you now to leave the premises. Think of it as a stress-free fire drill. Um, please make your way to the nearest exit. It is Thank you, MJ Acosta-Ruiz. <laughs> now let's talk history. <laughs> She's looking at me like, are you out of your mind? 
Quite possibly. Let's talk Packers. What does history say about the Green Bay Packers? Well, you cannot even think NFL history without thinking about Green Bay Packers. They enter the 2023 season. This will be their 103rd. Their origin story begins in 1921. Their overall record, 790 wins, 590 losses, 38 ties. That is the most wins by any franchise in NFL history. Their playoff record, 36 wins. 25 losses. They are tied for third most playoff wins in NFL history, behind only the 49ers and the Patriots. They have four Super Bowl wins in only five Super Bowl appearances. They have nine NFL championships, hence the name Title Town. Now, some of you out there, and I've heard you say this, that the Title Town title is no longer deserved. It may have been appropriate at one time, you say, but come on, don't you need a Super Bowl more recently to call themselves Title Town? How can they say that about themselves? Do you need recent titles to validate the nickname Title Town? I'm not sure about that. I do know this. I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C., was there every week of my life for 20 years, never saw George or Martha one time. It's called Title Town. It's honorific. And you know what? It's earned. I suggest we deal with it. Their winningest coach, Curly Lambeau. 209 wins, 124 losses, 21 ties. The stadium is named after Curly Lambeau. But of course, the most prized piece of hardware in the game is named after yet another Green Bay Packers coach. That man, of course, Vince Lombardi. Here in the stands and there are millions of people on television and everyone looking and all with speculation to see what kind of a game the Green Bay Packers are going to play today. Right? right? I want you to be proud of your profession. It's a great profession. You be proud of this game and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Go out there and play this ball game like I know you can play it. Let's go! Let's go! Get out there! Run out there! The Packers have retired six jersey numbers in their storied history. Tony Canadeo, number three. Brett Favre, number four. Don Hudson, number 14. Bart Starr, number 15. Ray Nitschke, number 66. And Reggie White, number 92. They have 33 Pro Football Hall of Famers, including, of course, Brett Favre, Bart Starr, Don Hudson, Forrest Gregg, Herb Adderley, and Paul Horning. That's what they've been. What are they now? Well, here's what they were in 2022. If we're being honest, they were average. If we're being brutally honest, they were a click below average. Total rank for offense, 17th in the NFL. Scoring offense, 14th. Rushing offense, 15th. Passing offense, 17th. That is not a number that Aaron Rodgers likes the look of or the sound of. They were 17th on third downs. Tied for 14th. Turnovers, 24th in the red zone. That is telling. They were tied for 13th in big plays. They were 14th in yards per play. The one standout area, I suppose you could call it, seventh in terms of keeping their quarterback clean. A lot of that may have to do with the way that Aaron Rodgers plays the game. With Aaron Rodgers expected not to be in Green Bay this season, I'm not sure how telling that stat actually is. On the other side of the ball, total ranking for defense, 17th. Think about that. They were ranked 17th on offense. They're ranked 17th on defense. Scoring defense, 17th. Rushing defense, not good. 26th in the NFL. Pretty decent passing defense. They were ranked 6th in the NFL, and they were 8th on third downs. Both top 10 numbers. That is something to build on. That is something to be hopeful about. 
They didn't generate a lot of sacks. They were 27th in the NFL. They caused a few turnovers here and there. They were a top half unit in the NFL, tied for 12th, 13th in the red zone on defense, 22nd in terms of giving up big plays, not very good. And in terms of yards per play, they were 28th in the NFL. So their overall eight and nine record kind of stands to reason, doesn't it? You would expect a team with those kind of numbers to be a little bit less than 500. And sure enough, the Packers finished the 2022 season eight and nine. As for their 2023 offseason activity, more losses than gains. They said goodbye to Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan, Dean Lowry, defensive end, he's off to the Vikings, and Chris Barnes, he's off to Arizona. They did re-sign Keyshawn Nixon, their kick returner, Rudy Ford, the safety, and Corey Ballantyne, the cornerback. In terms of team needs, according to NFL.com, they need help at the safety position, at tight end and at wide receiver. No surprise there. They have 10 picks in the draft with which to address those needs. One in the first round, that's the 15th overall pick. They have a second rounder. A third rounder, they have one pick in the fourth, two picks in the fifth round, and four picks in the seventh round. But of course, the big omission from the roster is an omission that we expect to see in due time. The absence, the farewell, the goodbye of number 12, the future Hall of Famer, the four-time NFL MVP, the Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers. Expected to go out the door on his way to New York to play for Gang Green, to play for the Jets. Hence, the Jordan Love era fully expected to begin this season. What will that era look like? More questions than answers, if we're being honest, about the Green Bay Packers right now. And yes, you can question their credentials this season. You can question their competitiveness in the NFC. And you could probably ask without a twinkle in your eye or getting an eyebrow raised by the person you're asking this to if they may be, in fact, the third best team in the NFC North. What you cannot question is the loyalty and the devotion of their feverish, fervent fan base. Let's go ahead and throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of Fans. Packers fans only, please come right in. Fans like sound guy Joe Crab. Now, Joe Crab, when I asked him, what shall I call you, Joe? I've known Joe for years. He said, sound guy. That's what I call myself. I have no illusions. Call me a sound guy. He is, in fact, an audio technician, an audio engineer. But Joe, with a twinkle in his eye, calls himself a sound guy. But the one thing he calls himself more than anything else is a Packers fan. Why is he a Packers fan? Joe was raised in Wisconsin. He said, when I hit the age of becoming a fan living in rural Wisconsin, it's all Packers all the time in that state. His favorite ever Packers player, Reggie White, number 92. Why? Because he changed the culture of the Packers way more than Brett Favre, Joe says. He was the first free agent in NFL history. He said he made it cool to be a Packer because he chose the Packers. A man of that immense talent and stature chose the Green Bay Packers. There's an interesting story that Joe Crabb reminded me of with regards to Reggie White's decision to leave the Eagles and join the Packers. Apparently, then Packers head coach Mike Holmgren called Reggie White and said to him on his voicemail machine, Reggie, this is God. He wants you to go to Green Bay <laughs> and hung up the phone. I love that. I hope that's a true story. Joe Crabb remembers Reggie White's hump move. That's what Reggie called it, where he would just literally just bicep and toss 300-pound linemen, throwing them with one arm. Joe said that he tossed linemen and quarterbacks at the same time. That's how powerful he was. If you never saw Reggie White play, look up 
Reggie White highlights, and you'll know exactly what Joe is talking about. Here goes Bledsoe back here. They come. Reggie. They got him again. Back in the 20. Hello, Reggie. Three sacks Reggie. for Reggie. Joe Crabb's best memory, that Super Bowl win against the Patriots, he says. That was the comeback of this team. It wasn't a comeback in that game, but he said, don't forget, the Packers had been a bad football team for a long time. Joe called them the homecoming opponent of the NFL. Because after winning those first two Super Bowls, they had a bit of a lull for a long, long time. So that Super Bowl win against the Patriots meant so much to Joe Crabb and every other Packers fan who saw the reemergence of the green and gold. Joe remembers that Favre in that opening sequence threw a touchdown pass to Andre Risen. Back goes Brett to throw. Here they come. He's got time. He's throwing it downfield. He's There's got him. Wide open. It is going to be a touchdown to Andre Risen. Risen takes it across the goal line. They threw it over the middle. A post pattern to Andre Risen, and he had 10 yards on the defender on the Packers score early. Apparently, the story is that Brett Favre surveyed the defense, what the defense was giving him, and he changed the play at the line of scrimmage. Made the call, made the pass, and the game was on its way. Joe remembers the look of utter joy when Brett Favre, number four, was ripping off his helmet and running off that field, and he knew then this game was ours. Joe Crabb, like most Packers fans, is very knowledgeable about his team and has a keen understanding of what his team needs in this offseason in the draft. He said, look, we can always use help on the O-line. We've had a run of next man up approaches to the O-line position, and we've done pretty well, but maybe we need to improve on that. He said, we obviously need to get a good, solid tight end, and it's a good, solid tight end draft class, so they should be able to find somebody there. He said, the perfect plan for me with regards to tight end is to sign Mercedes Lewis, convince him to stay for a year, and treat him almost as an on-field coach for Darnell Washington. That's the draft pick for Joe Crabb. Darnell Washington, that monolithically huge and incredibly talented tight end out of Georgia. Get Darnell Washington, sign Mercedes Lewis to be his on-field head coach, pass the baton in that way. And finally, Joe Crabb says, I wouldn't be surprised if my 2023 Green Bay Packers exceed all expectations. He genuinely believes that they're going to be better than people think. He said, don't forget, when you look at the history of how Brett Favre grew into the position and into that role of leadership, and then when you look again at how Aaron Rodgers did the very same thing, he said, the plan usually goes like this. You have a year of surprise, then a year of contention, and then a year of real threatening contention, and then a year of ultimate success. Don't be surprised if you see the same thing from Jordan Love over the next four years. Fans like Travis Kiger, a beloved and key member of our social media team here at NFL Media, his favorite ever Packers player, and why? Jordy Nelson. Why? Because he was one of the most reliable players for a stretch of time and was severely underrated. Did Travis Kiger stick to one player? Oh, no, he didn't. He also name-checks Donald Driver. Why? Because he was the best safety blanket for both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Travis has some love for B.J. Raji. Why? Because we both played D-line, Travis says. He has one of my favorite plays of all time, that interception against the Bears in the playoffs. And yes, he gives a nod to Aaron Rodgers, too. Why? Because he definitely went down the past few years with the drama, but he was still the best quarterback in the league for a long stretch. And it was usually a letdown by the defense that would ultimately end most Aaron Rodgers' playoff runs. His best Packers memory, the 2011 Super Bowl. Hands down, check it, watch it, love it. The title is back in town. 
The Green Bay Packers are world champions of football! Why is Travis Kiger a Packers fan? Well, his grandfather was born in Wisconsin, then moved to Denver, where Travis's dad was born. He grew up a Packers fan, though, and passed that along to him. It'll be the perfect draft for Travis's Packers if they get a tight end or a wide receiver for love in the first two rounds to add to Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. They also need to get some edge help to pair with Rashawn Gary when he comes back healthy, Travis says. Travis Kiger finishes by saying, I wouldn't be surprised if my 2023 Green Bay Packers finish above 500. He said, don't forget, they play a third place schedule this year and love will follow the system that has worked with other coaches from the McVay tree and not challenge it like Rodgers has the past few years. Fans like the ever positive, effervescent producer, Jeff Collette, who says that the Packers winning Super Bowl 31 with Brett Favre has to be his best moment and memory as a Packers fan. He reminds us it was the first Packers Super Bowl win in nearly 30 years. Favre, your choice for most valuable player, and that's not a bad one. Uh, he just, you know, I mean, he's more than a quarterback. Brett Favre is a, a football player that I think can just play anywhere. He said, why am I a Packers fan? I grew up in Wisconsin. Come on, man, you have no choice. He believes that the perfect draft for his Green Bay Packers this year would involve getting that 13th overall pick in that trade with the Jets for Aaron Rodgers and then getting some big-time pass rush help. Jeff admits that he wouldn't be surprised if his Green Bay Packers didn't have a winning season this year, but reminds us that for all of the bravado that comes out of the Dallas area, he said, don't kid yourself, the Green Bay Packers are America's team. And finally, fans like our dear friend Steve Mariucci, the former NFL head coach for the Niners and the Lions. And of course, don't forget, he was the quarterback's coach in the early 90s for his beloved Green Bay Packers. That was back in the Favre era. Why am I a Packers fan? Steve said, don't forget, I grew up in Iron Mountain, Michigan, which was 100 miles north of Green Bay. They were the closest team. And I grew up in the 60s. My family couldn't afford tickets to games. We'd go down for training camp in the summertime. And I learned football watching Vince Lombardi run training camp in the 60s. Can you imagine? What an incredible perspective that must have been for Steve Mariucci. What the hell's going on out here? For the love of What's going on His best memory as a Packers fan was watching the Ice Bowl at home with his mom and dad. He said it was our Sunday routine. Church, eat, Packers, play in the yard. Pretend you're a Packer. He said it was certainly a little chilly that day. Yeah, you think? We've seen the video, Steve. But he was there in that environment, not at the game, but watching it at home with his mom and dad. And he said, of course, the QB sneak won it all. We were jumping on each other, running around, hugging and screaming with joy. And most of all, they will be remembered as a group of men who faced the greatest challenge their sport has ever produced and conquered. He said his favorite ever player... Bart Starr. Why? He was the quarterback, the leader, the captain. He said, come on, he was very, very good. But to Steve, it was even more important that Bart Starr was a gentleman, a class act off the field. And he said, every time you watched Bart Starr do an interview, you were reminded of what a gentleman he was. Steve has a prized photograph of getting an autograph from Bart Starr when Steve was only nine years old. Cut to 50 plus years later, Steve Mariucci, when celebrating his 60th birthday, got to celebrate that with his wife, 
with Bart Starr and his wife. He said, it was a pinch me moment that may go down as one of his greatest memories as a person. He says, in the draft, the Green Bay Packers, he took a big exhale, a big sigh, and he said, well, come on, Drew, they need a lot of help. They have a lot of needs. They're going to be very busy on draft day. I pushed him for specifics. He said, okay, look, Lazard's gone. Tanyan's gone. We need a wide receiver, and we need a tight end. And yes, he says we, because he is, to this day, a Packers fan with Packers season tickets. He wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 Green Bay Packers had a winning season with Jordan Love at quarterback. He paused for a second and he said, Andrew, I'm not sure what my conviction is on that, but don't forget, I am a Packers fan. I continue to carry hope. And so that's my hopeful prediction. Steve then reminded me, he said, don't forget, I was there in 1992, 93, 94, and 95 as a coach. And I said, of course, coach, I know that. And he said, here's why I'm telling you that. Because when I was there, I put my kids down on the season ticket list. And he said, you know what, Andrew? A couple of weeks ago, they just got tickets available after 30 years. That is the kind of fan base that we are talking about in Green Bay. You're on a season ticket list waiting list for 30 years. That's the kind of team we're talking about. These are the kind of fans that we heard from today. I'm so grateful to all of them for sharing their stories. A team of strong, dedicated men who met the rigorous challenge of their game and emerged the master. I want to thank today's very special guest, MJ Acosta-Ruiz, and I want to thank all of the Packers fans who shared their stories, their hopes, their memories with us. What a wonderful team. What a wonderful franchise. And yes, listener, it's called Title Town for a reason. Don't be surprised if there is a title around the bend in the not-too-distant future. Yes, even from a team without Aaron Rodgers. That's how good that franchise is. Please join us tomorrow when our countdown to the draft makes a stop in, well, you could call this the new title town if we're being honest, Foxborough, Massachusetts. It's the New England Patriots. We finish the week with Bill Belichick's gang. What were they in 2022? What will they be in 2023? Will the addition of a proper offensive coordinator kickstart the trajectory for Mac Jones' career that he and Patriots fans have been hoping for? Or will they turn to somebody else? Will we get zapped by Bailey yet again? That's the question. The answer is tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.